Cape Talk. A world view from London. Good morning, John Adley, standing in for Adam Gilchrist for the next week. I'm looking forward to chatting to you. Hope you've been well. I have indeed, Lester. It's really great to be with you for another week or so. Yeah. Excellent. Let's start in Kosovo. There's been a Kosovo monastery siege that's ended after some heavy gunfire. Yeah, huge amount of drama uh, in this corner of Europe, uh, Kosovo. Uh, Police there have taken control of a Serbian Orthodox monastery in the mainly Serb north of Kosovo. And it it had been uh, seized, this monastery, by a group of about 30 heavily armed men. So quite uh, a drama, I think, there. And police say that they killed three of the gunmen and they arrested two. We're not quite sure what happened to the rest. It all started with an attack near the monastery, uh, and that led to uh, the death of a Kosovan policeman. He was killed in that assault. And then the gang barricaded themselves into this nearby monastery compound. The monks and the pilgrims locked themselves into a dormitory for safety. There was a standoff with police. We had this exchange of gunfire. And later the monastery said the gunman had left. And police say they've seized large numbers of weapons, including hand grenades and machine guns. And what we've got this morning in the aftermath of this is a bit of a tit for tat. You know, who's to blame for this? Kosovo's Prime Minister, Albin Kurti, accusing Serbia of backing a terrorist attack. And Serbia's President, Aleksandr Vucic, calling the shooting of a Kosovan police officer absolutely reprehensible and you know tensions have been running really high in north kosovo for several months now but this is a this is a place that uh, for instance british troops intervened in uh, i think we're going back about 30 years now uh, the latest um tensions follow the forced installation of ethnic albanian mayors in majority serb towns and last week we had nato's k4 peacekeeping force saying the situation's unstable and the european union is calling for both sides to de-escalate the tensions and to resume normalization talks but sadly they haven't happened for quite a while now Echoes of the Balkan crisis in uh, the early 90s there, um, uh, John. But then armed soldiers stand in for police in London who've handed in their weapons. They're fearing murder charges. Yeah, this this follows a murder charge which has been levelled at a London police officer and he shot uh, unarmed 24-year-old man Chris Carver last year. The officer appeared in court last week charged with murder, and it's led fellow police officers in London to be quite twitchy about, you know, whether they might face a murder charge for shooting someone they believe to be in the line of duty. Um, And and this group of more than 100 police officers have said it's just not worth the risk. So they've turned in their permits, which allow them to carry firearms, and that's left the Metropolitan Police in London short on officers who are licensed to carry firearms. So armed soldiers uh, are now being offered to support London police if needed, we'll wait to see if, if, if they are needed and whether they are deployed on, on the streets of London in uniform. That would be quite a thing, I would suggest. Um, the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, is now calling for a review into armed policing. There's obviously a lot of disquiet here. She says that officers have to make split second decisions under extraordinary pressures and she's got, uh, and they've got her full backing. But the head of the Metropolitan Police, Sir Mark Rowley, says officers are concerned that you know, if, say, a family of, of a victim presses charges, uh, or maybe criminal charges, that they could face years of legal proceedings, even if they do things by the book. So the head of the Met is saying, we've got to really reform this system. Basically, he says it's got to be a, a swift system, so if there are any accusations, they could be dealt with 
very quickly rather than the uh, the legal system tying itself in knots, pursuing good officers who obviously be really fearing for whether they could be locked up with a life sentence. And then finally, it's the things that Hollywood movies are made of. The yeah. largest ever sample from an asteroid has been brought back to Earth. This is after this probe crashed into this uh, into this this asteroid millions of kilometers away, and it's back on Earth. I think this was one of the uh, what was the movie? Don't look up. One of the premises oh, yeah. of that that asteroid that's headed our way what if we blow it up and we'll use the little bits of rock for all the the mineral riches but we're still a long way from that we are celebrating this uh, this scientific discovery now i think we are but you know i think there are echoes of hollywood movies aren't there that we came out of the cinema thinking well that's a load of nonsense it could never happen and, and you know we are seeing some of these things turned uh, into reality maybe not on the same scale but they are really really super excited the scientists you can see them beaming <laughs> and some of them with crying tears of joy that this seven-year mis- mission has paid off and scientists are hoping you know uh, that it will shed new light on how planets were formed and how life arose billions of years ago so i mean it really it really is that big um yeah as you were saying this material was collected from the asteroid Bennu by a spacecraft of Sirius Rex, and the capsule contains samples of rock and dust, I think 125 grams worth, they were saying. It landed in the Utah desert. Uh, recovery teams have, have got to it now. They're, they're, they're making sure it's all safe. They're taking it to Salt Lake City, where they're going to take it apart and fly the samples to Houston to be studied. But, you know, many other countries are going to be involved in this mammoth task as well. Um, They're going to give a quarter of the sample to a group of more than 200 people from 38 global institutions, including here in the UK. They've got a team of excited scientists at the University of Manchester and another lot at the Natural History Museum in London uh, ready to take part in this. And then you've got the likes of Queen guitarist, and astrophysicist, Sir Brian May, yep. him with the big hair. Um, he's a team member of, of, of a Sirius Rex, and he's posted on Instagram saying, happy sample return day, and congratulations to all who worked so incredibly hard on this mission. So we, I don't think, I think we'll have to be very patient. I can't believe this is going to be an overnight thing, but it'd be very interesting, won't it? Fascinating to see what the scientists have to say when they get to grips with these samples. Well, I'm looking forward. John Adley, really appreciate it. Appreciating talking to you for the rest of the week. Stay well. Chat to you same place, same time.